1: I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the message of the gospel is relevant to all people, regardless of race, economic class, gender, or position. This good news of Jesus Christ that we often talk about is unique. And by unique, it's like no other. It speaks of the authentic God who loved the world so much that he sent his only monogamous son, Jesus the Christ, to die for all of humanity. As many people are familiar with uh, John 3.16, it talks about the gospel. And the gospel has a unique Characteristic. It's not up to other people to redefine what the gospel is when the Bible already tells us what the gospel is about. And so, in today's episode, I wanted to share what the Bible says about itself in terms of the gospel. And oftentimes, I hear misuse of the word gospel in terms of the way people are defining it. For example, some songs that we call gospel are really not gospel at all in terms of a a biblical paradigm. They're good songs, but they don't meet the criteria of what the Bible says the gospel is some writing some literature some compositions are not consistent with what the scripture says the gospel is about so on today's episode I wanted to take a look at what the scriptures are saying regarding the gospel and this is important if we're going to share the gospel with our family members, if we're going to share the gospel with our coworkers, as well as associates, if we're going to see, uh, share the gospel with our neighbors or strangers, we need to make sure that we are imparting the authentic and true gospel versus an erroneous gospel. So the gospel It's essentially about Jesus Christ. In Romans 1 and 9, we read, God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you. And this is Paul writing to the church of churches in Rome. We are not going too far in our boasting, as would be the case if we had not come to you. For we did get as far as with you with the gospel of Christ. Second Corinthians 10 and 14. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service and spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. First Thessalonians three and two. So it's evident and is prominent. Are prevalent through the whole New Testament, that this gospel is about Jesus Christ. So if we're sharing with people and we don't introduce Christ, we really haven't introduced the gospel. If we're singing praises and we're singing uh, works of worship and we don't highlight Jesus Christ, we really haven't sung the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. He's the centerpiece. He is the protagonist. He is the main person that we are talking about. If we don't talk about Jesus, all we've done is give or, or, or get a shared rhetoric. So it's important that when we talk about the gospel that we don't eliminate jesus christ the pronouns it's not sufficient to talk about he we need to go a little further and tell them who that he is we cannot leave people wondering if we're talking about muhammad if we're talking about allah If we're talking about Buddha, we we, we can't leave people to fill in the blank on their own. So when we share the gospel, we need to highlight Jesus Christ. Then the gospel was promised. We read in Romans 1 and 2, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. So the gospel was promised to humanity by the nature or the process of which Christ came to this earth in the old Testament, we find the foretelling of Jesus impending arrival. And that's part of the gospel message that God, the son, the anointed one, the Christos, he will be coming to fulfill the mandate, uh, sent by God himself so the gospel was promised the gospel as I said came from God we find in Thessalonians 2 and 8 1 Thessalonians so we care for you because we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God but our lives as well so the gospel originates from God the gospel as we define it is the good news of Jesus Christ and it's this good news which is going to uh, shatter the fetters of bondage it is this good news that's going to quicken lives that were once dead it is this good news that's going to break the yoke of sin It is this good news about God's monogamous Son, Jesus Christ, which is going to help restore broken relationships. It is good. This good news that's going to make uh, marriages stronger. It is this good news that's going to give power to the unmarried to stay on the righteous path. It's this good news. That's going to help us overcome envy and strife and jealousy and all other unrighteous things. It is this good news. But we need to make sure that if people are going to get the help that they need, that we do not leave out Jesus Christ and that we remember that this gospel came from God. These are the words of God. These are the will of God displayed in written form. Then the gospel fosters zeal. Paul writes in Romans 1 That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel. Also to you who are in Rome. The gospel fosters or produces zeal. Once we start reading the word of God. Once we start praying for God to enlighten us, once we start studying the word of God, it fosters zeal. This is why the apostles, even though uh, many of them knew Jesus firsthand, meaning that Jesus walked with them in the physical form. That's understandable. But there were others who had never met Jesus in terms of seeing him physically, but were touched by Jesus through the residual effect of the resurrection. And as a result, in reading the word of God, it inspires us. It produces a certain zeal that nothing else can give us. When we read about God loving us so much that he sent his perfect son to come die on the cross for us, it should motivate you To share this story with other people. If the gospel is good news. Then why aren't we sharing it in many circles? Why are some Christians refusing to share this gospel if the news is good? I often paint this illustration. Think about something that you always wanted. Think about something that you always wanted to have and f- the doors opened for you to uh, be able to get this thing that you're looking for and it's free. All you have to do is go somewhere to go pick it up and it's free. You heard about it. You went and it was true. They they were actually uh, giving this away freely, freely. Well, If you have people that you care about who also wanted the same thing, wouldn't you pick up the phone and tell them, hey, they're giving this away. It's free. Please go. You don't want to miss this opportunity. And that's how it is with the gospel. The gospel is free. Jesus paid it all. And it is awesome in in terms of the direction that it gives people for a transformative life. So if the gospel works for you, then we ought to tell somebody. And I can personally say that the gospel has changed me. The gospel has restored me to proper relationship with my creator through his son, Jesus Christ. The gospel has been so good to me that I can't help but to tell it all. This gospel cannot be manipulated or changed in any way. So the gospel not only came from God, not only does it foster zeal, but it also brings about boldness. Listen to Paul. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So everybody's covered. Romans 1 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation. And if we have the heart of Christ. We should want other people to have the intimate relationship with Christ that we have. And as a result, because we know the gospel or the preaching of the gospel is the only way that others can be saved, we need to make sure that we actually tell it. So the gospel fosters boldness. We need to stand up as the Holy Spirit leads us let us not continue to be intimidated by the world. I realize that standing up for the gospel may cause us to be laid off, may cause us to be reprimanded, may cause us to be ridiculed. I'm fairly aware that not everybody will respond positively to sharing the gospel. But I promise you this, if the Holy Spirit puts on your heart to share the gospel with others, he will take care of the rest, meaning God for your faithfulness. Our mission is not to predetermine how people are going to respond to us preaching the gospel. Our mission is to simply preach the gospel and allow God to do the rest. The gospel fosters boldness. And because of my chains, Paul writes, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Philippians 1.14. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power and a sound mind. We must stand up boldly like everybody else is doing and preach what's important to all of humanity which is the gospel message of Jesus Christ everybody in America seems like is proclaiming what they believe in but the Christians have to continue proclaiming the gospel because that's the message which will save those who want to know the God that created them those who are looking for peace Those that are looking for purpose, those that are looking to develop a relationship with their creator. We have to make sure that we're bold enough to not retreat. There are books that need to be written about Christ. There are songs that ought to be composed about Christ. There are prayers that need to be spoken about Christ we have to represent the gospel not with uh, frustration not with this concept that something is going to happen to us if something does happen to us we are in good company for something happened to our savior and if we want to be like Jesus yes we will be ridiculed but we have to stand up boldly Yes, others may talk about us, but we have to stand up boldly. And the gospel produces that. The more I read the Bible, the more I look at how the apostles and disciples uh, who were ordinary men were able to get beyond their fears. And allow the Holy Spirit to use them to become great evangelists. And if you're listening to me right now, you, too, can be used of God. You, too, can be used by the Holy Spirit to transform not only your life, but the life of others through the message of the gospel. Then the gospel reveals to us what righteousness is. Paul writes in Romans 1:17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. It is a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Romans 117. And this is encouraging for believers, knowing that if we want to please God, he has a simple process. Have faith. Have faith, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we learn this fact through the gospel. Then the gospel reports eschatology. And by eschatology, we're talking about teachings that deals with the last days. And this will take place on the day when God judges people, secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares, Romans 2.16 then the gospel bears fruit that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace colossians 1, 6, 1, 6. so the gospel bears fruit how because God uses us if we will to be used And through us, we share the gospel. And while sharing the gospel, God, through the Holy Spirit, is working on the hearts of other men and women. And it's not us that's doing the saving. But as we proclaim, God, through his power, is able to save others. So we're, in a sense, bearing fruit through the reaction and action of all those involved. Again, we don't save anybody, but we preach and God through the power of the Holy Spirit working in the heart of the man, a woman, boy and girl does the saving. So the gospel does bear fruit. And then if the gospel bears fruit it's evidence that God is at work. So when you look at your lives, when you look at how God has worked on you, Ask yourself, is am I bearing fruit? Am I being righteousness? Am I experiencing peace? Am I putting in action love? Am I putting in action long suffering? These are evidence that you are bearing fruit and that God has his hands on you. Then not only does the gospel reports eschatology, not only does the gospel produces fruit in us, but the gospel is eternal. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, revelations 14 and six. And this is John, uh, talking about the gospel, uh, being eternal. And he had the eternal gospel to proclaim, John writes. So the gospel is eternal. And of course, it's eternal because the gospel is the message of Jesus Christ as given to us by God. And because it comes out of the nature of God, the gospel has to be eternal. Why? Because God is eternal. So if the God, if the gospel is eternal, why is that significant? Because it means the truths found in the gospel are also eternal. Which means that if it's eternal, it doesn't matter if people refuse to recognize it as eternal. Because the message won't change. Many people prescribe this this logical fallacy which says... Uh, if I don't agree with it, then I can just label the truth as old fashioned. Well, the gospel has been with us for many years, but if the truth is contained in it, then that truth, since it came from God is eternal. So it doesn't matter if people say, well, that's old fashioned or that's old classical theism. doesn't matter what names they call it. If it came from God, It's eternal. And if it's eternal, then that means the principles have no time limits. That means that the truth has no expiration date. So this gospel that we talk about has important facets that we all need to embrace. Well, we've run out of time, and we'll continue the subject of the gospel on the next episode. We thank God for waking us up each day and for starting us on our way in our right minds. It's my prayer that all believers learn the teachings associated with Christianity that we may share it with others. Please continue to not just only read, but study your Bible and be ready to give each man and woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within you. And as always, we pray that you become a financial sponsor of Sound Reasoning, that the Lord may use this ministry to continue training Christians in sound doctrine. Remember to do for the truth what others do for a lie. God bless you.
0: That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time, and remember, Titus 1-9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast... Visit lifeaudio.com or search story behind on your favorite podcast platform.